I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the News Du Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So I wanted to let you guys know that on June 2nd, it is National Gun Violence Awareness Day. Victims and families are asking that we wear orange in an effort to help raise awareness. Please additionally consider signing petitions that day, calling your representatives, and letting them know that we are demanding a future for our kids without gun violence. We have many steps we need to take to get there, and it won't be a straight line, but action is a necessity if we are going to be a safe country again. And up first for today, we do have a mini story for you guys, but it does require a little bit of an update because as I went to record this, the headlines have changed. So I'll go ahead and read you what I had first and then let you know what is what has changed. So Donald Trump did not make an appearance at his own rape trial. He did not call any witnesses. It's almost as if it was she said versus she said just a matter of whether or not the jury will believe her. His voice has been deafeningly silent. What will the jury decide? Well, we may know soon because they went into deliberations Tuesday and we'll definitely keep you guys posted on their decision. Dot, 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 dot. They've decided. So long story short, they came back as and it's kind of a mixed bag. And I think what I'm going to do is jump into a much longer explanation of this for tomorrow. But they came back saying that there was sexual assault, but not a rape. And I don't know how they're able to make that distinction. But they did find Donald Trump liable for sexual assault to the tune of $5 million. So he's going to owe E. Jean Carroll $5 million. And that is for the sexual assault, but also for the defamation that occurred after the fact. So this is pretty much a win from E. Jean Carroll, although it stops short of the actual rape charge. So again, we'll jump into this tomorrow more in depth once I've had a chance to research it and figure out a little bit more on the specifics. But that is what I found out right before recording this. So for today, we're going to go over several different climate related stories because there's a lot to go over there, a lot to update you guys on. And then we do have a gun violence related update at the end of the episode as well. Let's go ahead and get into it. So first up, content warning, this part of our climate coverage does involve mass graves. So there have been devastating floods and landslides going on in the Democratic Republic of Congo. More than 400 people have been killed in these floods, landslides, mudslides, according to a government statement on Monday. 
but the number is likely higher as you know we're always making you guys aware probably over 500 by now and yet this is another example of how the poor will be much more vulnerable to the effects of the climate crisis homes businesses and other infrastructures like bridges and schools when they're not built on such a strong foundation as they are here in the U.S., they will be much easier to sweep away into the mud, leaving their inhabitants exposed to the elements and in danger. These storms have also been catastrophic to the farmlands there, which will affect people's food supply. It's becoming a humanitarian crisis, you guys. Nearly 3,000 people there are now homeless due to these floods. Bodies are having to be buried in mass graves. The Red Cross has come in to help with the burials to prevent the need for these mass graves. But let's be real. The living have so much to tackle now that their homes are gone and their schools are gone. And so much has been completely washed away that I'm sure it's hard for them to imagine, you know, being able to give their loved ones a proper funeral right now but I'm glad the Red Cross is there to help but at the end of the day this is just a completely tragic situation and we'll go ahead and link places to donate in our show notes. Next up wildfires in Canada. 30,000 residents in Canada have had to evacuate due to severe wildfires There have been almost a million acres, you guys, scorched by these flames, disrupting both human life as well as the fragile ecosystem. This is unprecedented in recent memory. There are approximately 110 wildfires burning at the moment. And again, this number is an estimation. But those who are evacuating are provided with financial assistance from the Canadian government. Schools are closed across the area and evacuation centers have been set up to help transition people. But this is also going to be devastating on all those whose homes and schools and businesses are located in the middle of these wildfires. So we'll definitely keep you guys posted on both of these natural disasters. 30,000 residents in Canada have had to evacuate due to the severe wildfires. There have been almost a million acres scorched by the flames, you guys, disrupting both human life as well as the fragile ecosystem. This is unprecedented in recent memory. There are approximately 110 wildfires burning at the moment, But again, that number is an estimation. There could be more. Those who are evacuating are provided with financial assistance from the Canadian government. Schools are closed across the area and evacuation centers have been set up to help transition people. So we'll definitely keep you guys posted if there's any more information coming coming out about either of these two natural disasters. Next up in our climate-related news, though, do electric cars really make a difference? In Norway, the answer is crystal clear. In the country of Norway, about 80% of new cars sold are electric. They have really embraced this aspect of fighting climate change, and they will stop selling combustion engine cars in 2025, you guys. That's right around the corner. 
and now they are reporting back drastic results. The air in Oslo is noticeably cleaner. Greenhouse emissions have dropped by 30% since 2009, and there has been you know, not a huge amount of unemployment as traditional gas stations have just converted into charging stations and honestly need more help than ever in assisting rookies in charging their new electric vehicles. The city is also getting noticeably quieter and more peaceful. The grid has not collapsed as skeptics had been speculating that it might. There has been a learning curve, though, among new drivers, of course, trying to make the switch. And infrastructure could definitely use some more work. You know, people need more charging stations and maybe in more convenient spots. But for the most part, they're making this switch. And with 2025 just a couple years away, they're taking a major leap of faith. And so far, it definitely seems to be paying off. So this is great news, you guys. Next up, though, we did want to talk about toxic chemical zones and how they're getting a little bit more attention lately. So speaking of removing toxic chemicals from your life, from the air, there are people right now here within the U.S. who are trapped with their children living in these toxic chemicals. They're starting to become known as, quote unquote, sacrifice zones. Yeah, I can't make that one up, guys. People who live there might get paid well to work at a manufacturing plant, but studies have shown that they are at much higher risk for cancer due to all the chemicals seeping into the air, the water, and the earth. These chemicals sometimes also cause immediate health threats, you know, When plastic plants spew out thousands of pounds of hydrogen chloride into the air, it will immediately irritate people's eyes and nose and throat, and they can cause serious illnesses, especially for children. Headaches are a regular part of life for children living near these plants, and these events where chemicals are spewed out can happen unexpectedly when living near these facilities. So kids could be playing outside, and all of a sudden, Everything's irritated, their eyes, their nose, their throat. The Biden administration is actually working to pass new restrictions on these plants due to the health issues that they create for those living and working in and around them. And maybe the most troubling aspect about all this is how much people are really kept in the dark about the dangers that they're taking on. These companies do not want people understanding the full health effects, so they're not exactly advertising them. And as a result, these families often do not even know what they're signing up for when living near a chemical plant. So let's hope that this you know, new legislation makes sense and that it can help protect people from all of these dangerous chemicals. And last up for today, I told you guys we would touch on something related to gun violence. And um, I did want to talk about the Texas State House of Representatives advancing a bill to raise the age to buy assault weapons. So in an emotional and unexpected shift, the Texas State House voted to raise the age limit to purchase an assault weapon. And although this is a very small shift, you know, from 18 to 21, 
it would still signal a crack in Texas's resolve to preserve free and open access to all kinds of firearms. This has not been voted on, and even if it were somehow passed, it would likely never make it through the Texas State Senate. So it's not likely to happen, even the small change, but advancing the bill is still showing a shift in leadership's hearts potentially. And Texas has just been hammered lately with shootings. You know, we've been talking about them nonstop. There's just been one after the other after the other. More and more children and families slaughtered senselessly. It's long past time for change in this country. And maybe Texas is starting to see that. Again, June 2nd is National Gun Violence Awareness Day. Victims and families are asking that we wear orange in an effort to help raise awareness. Please additionally consider that day, using that day to sign petitions, call your representatives and tell them that you are demanding a future for our kids without gun violence. We have many, many steps we need to take to get there and it won't be a straight line. But action is a necessity if we are going to become a safe country again. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, without deviation from the norm, progress is not possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review or shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us be able to keep creating the news du jour. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar-free media. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram and just sugarfree media, all one word on TikTok. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oklahoma.